It's another week in the Foyer Reference household and we have another delectable quid promo brought to you by Gate Leapers. Matt, Audra and Jason, the holy trinity of all good things podcasting, if you're nasty, the most notable. I would, I did promise Matt that I would do a Bretonian accent and I'm pretty sure I did better than Oscar Isaac in Moon Knight. Uh, but that is a great segue to say if you are a lover, if you are a friend and lover, if you're part in the pun of all of the fandoms around the town, uh, you might also be familiar with the Twilight episode that I did on Gate Leapers. It is a beautiful, sumptuous time. OT and I, the one-two punch of the four-year reference podcast, did some lovely daddy succession unravelings in that particular episode. Go and check it out. It's currently on their feed. Details will be on their show notes. We just got a cameo of Theo breathing into the mic. It's all falling apart. Let's get on with the show. Friends and hip hop lovers, welcome back to the For Your Reference podcast. You got your host, Katie. And OT. Cue the music for a fight sequence where we will take bets, sign bulletproof paperwork, and order fried rice to throw. <laughs> Enter the Holy Trinity confession with Romeo Must Die this week. Mm hmm. Ooh, off the top, rest and love and peace and power, Aaliyah and DMX. Um, in regards to general stats and information, the most importantly, this is the first fucking Jet Lee on this fucking podcast. It is what, wild. What took us so long, OT? What? I have no idea. Uh, I really don't. I think it just took so long to go through a lot of the stuff that we loved. Um, I am a late in life Jet Lee fan girl. Can I just say? So. I, I know we'll get to fast impressions, but it's wild. It's wild. Okay, okay, okay. We're getting super mm. nasty. Let's just get into general stats and information. This film, friends and lovers of the For Your Reference podcast, listenerdom. We talk a lot about the difference of film and movies, and this is absolutely a film. You non-gendered film bros, come and fucking fight me. <laughs> Released in March of 2000, it had a budget of $25 million and a worldwide gross of 91 million sweet, sweet, sweet. Jet Lee dollars. Mm-hmm. Better than OT dollar dues. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> In regards to cast, of course, Jet Lee, Rest in Love and Peace and Power, Aaliyah, DMX, Isaiah Washington. May I just say, he grew into his wonderful, beautiful face. Mm. Mm. Russell Wong, uh, Delroy Lindo, as well as D.B. Woodside. Wow, 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 wow. I would say I have themes prepared, but it is literally just about wanting to hold gently on my bosoms. Wow. So at least two. Wow. <laughs> well, let's get into first impressions. I'm pretty sure this made uh, quite a rotation in the OT Kenyan Shaw households. So how did you feel about Romeo Must Die? And I guess now that you are a learned film podcast wanker of three years, 
is, how does it stack up if it does stack up today, my love? Actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it, it did make quite a bit of rotation when it came out. You know, it's fucking 2000s, mate. Wild. Um, <laughs> you had a layer on there. And I think it's the time where the soundtrack had to come out. And then there was so much hype. Yeah. I miss those days. You get so much hype of the music and then you like gently earlier. What's not to fucking love? Yeah, DMX. DMX in there as well. Yeah. Oh, Delor Lindo is at Washington. You know, they they can can sit on sidelines for a bit. Yeah. (laughs) No, but it was all hype. It was all hype. I I think I want this movie a lot. More than Baby Boy? A lot, yeah, probably. Go and check out our episode on Baby Boy, Friends and Lovers. <laughs> <laughs> also, Anthony Anderson, we didn't mention him, and I think he did take up space um, in a ridiculous and, I don't know, my 2020s woke PC lens. He was saying some very annoying shit <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to our wonderful, um, beautiful Han. Yeah, he did. Um watching this now felt so it it took me back and i think Mm. regardless of how many times i've watched movies or current movies that i'm like this is not great yeah nostalgia still comes and plays a big part when you watch this at least for me yeah because i don't have nostalgia but it it held all of the candles but you continue and and it's not even that like i watched it and i felt like i hadn't watched it in so many years which is true but it still felt fresh. It felt it felt fun. Yeah. Watching Jet Li kick, like the action sequence, it was all so good. Riddle me this, OT. How many backflips equal one kick, though? <laughs> like, I, I love Jet Li, but like, <laughs> to get to that one kick, there were many backflips that needed to happen. Well, yeah. And this is where I think if, you, if you'd used um, an uppercast, you know, growing uh, up, you'd, you'd come in handy right now. For our uh, mathematical friends and lovers, we are still working on our Abacus merch, don't you worry. <laughs> but wow, I think I really had fun with this. Um, so you enjoyed it back then and you still love it now. Yeah, well, what's not to love? Uh, it, was, it was very, because, you know, Alia seeing her on screen again. Like I, I must say, I got emotional. What Like, it, not every time she was on screen, but when you think about the, the tragedy and the fact that she was so young and how sudden she passed away it just i i just felt sad but it was lovely to watch her as well it was it was um but i think it's it's one of those gems i think we'll, it'll probably be a repeat on the on the fyr household yeah if i can get past um ving ot rames african squats <laughs> <laughs> i'll find my my way over there absolutely um so yeah this was the first time i've ever watched romeo must die um I unfortunately, Wild. yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, you know, unfortunately, I do have um, a lot of gaps because before OT came along, I was just watching 30 Rock and Miyazaki films in heavy rotation. Um, so, <laughs> like nothing else existed. <laughs> Sprinkle in some Colin Firth and you've got a splooshy weekend for me. Um, But so I do have some gaps in my understanding of cinema in general. And again, yes, I said it to film. I said it to cinema. Come and fucking fight me. I will do all of the backflips and give you one deadly kick, friends and lovers. (laughs) They call me Kangaroo Katie Jack. Oh, wow. Well, there's Anthony Anderson again. It is. Yeah. Um, And I'm pretty sure he said some stereotypical 
Australian shit in there as well. <laughs> Australian-ish? Yeah. Sign me up, networks, cowards. Wow, good way to challenge. Yeah. Um, I, I guess also in way of challenging, you know what I also um, tickles me, and I do know a majority of our friends and lovers are in the United States of America, but... It's funny how whenever it's America plus one country, it equals worldwide. Yeah. (laughs) And then also when they talk about like interracial relationships in cinema, it's white plus other. (laughs) Otherwise, it's just a fucking abomination. (laughs) No one wants to see that, mate. (laughs) Um, We've shared many times how much we love the film Lovebirds, Um, Ever Eternal, Issa Rae. Go and check out all of the Insecure episodes we have. Um, We didn't talk about it on the main podcast, but we did talk about Eternals and we still still don't understand even though we appreciate Kamal Nanjiani muscles we still don't understand what all that was for he did not need to get jacked for that movie at all he absolutely (laughs) did not um but I love that we're seeing different types of interracial love stories um but even then spoiler 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 cuckold 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 friend zone friend zone friend zone unfortunately Han was friend zoned hard yeah. Enough to you, throw him back to like You're the, rooting for a, a, a rom-com in here. I was really, I was really hoping for it because Jet Li is so fucking charming and Aaliyah is so fucking effervescent. I just wanted to see him get together. Like I was seeing less contact than a Korean drama. We got like a couple of hands on a shoulder and that was about it. I've got to stay true to myself. I usually go hard on saying you don't need a love story in every movie. So I've got to say kudos to them. We did not need that. And I'm glad they didn't go the way that, oh, now Han and Trish need to get together. I'm good. They're just friends. They just met. Um, I, I'm not a screenwriter, but I'm going to bring it to justice. Only hot people can kiss. Okay. Like, <laughs> all of you uggos and my fellow six out of tens, we just need to watch the hot people kiss. Okay. It's, it's, it's contractually obligated, non-problematically, I am saying on the podcast, if I see two hot people, People they need to kiss. Oh, so I feel like I need to put you on zero now. Yeah. Do you want to try? <laughs> Happy Pride Month, OT. Do the fucking work. Always. <laughs> well, um, we don't need to Google it now. I haven't necessarily watched it, but have you watched the Cinderella adaptation with Brandy? No. No, I've not watched that. I haven't watched it either, but we have Brandy and the prince is Asian, right? Yeah. And um, I think it might have come out around the same time. But the point is, let's continue to challenge cinema and let's continue to see all of the minorities but i need to make it clear only the hot minorities can kiss okay (laughs) (laughs) oh um well again spoiler on my upcoming screenplay but let's continue along um how who who do you think was the standout in this film oh I think I think it's 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 gonna be Han, isn't it? He brings what gently brings to all his movies. Babes, it is a gently world, and we're just living in it. It, it is. <laughs> Do you have a contrary uh, opinion? No, no, I don't. This is gonna be a very short episode. <laughs> 
I just like I I think we need to go down a a, a beautiful, lovely, gently degustation. I just think even if we just do it for our personal enjoyment, I would really love to just like. How does he stack up in regards to like martial artist slash actor? He's right up there. Uh, late nineties. Um, early 2000s Jet Li uh, Fucking hell He gave us so many movies But are we saying Untouchable Or not Oh he's bloody Untouchable Okay Man he, he he's my go to For yeah. some fun times Because <laughs> <laughs> Back then you'd have You'd have um, Jackie Chan Jet Li And You'd get the more Sort of Serious overtone stuff With Jet Li And I just gravitated Towards that so much Yeah more and wow he did not disappoint everything he did was fucking gold to me i just i'm i'm still cooling down from my sploosh session because there's something about jet lee with a cigarette in his mouth that did things to me Wow. and it will continue to keep me warm on many a winter night ot good to know um but let's talk about han's character specifically so let me get this right let me get this right his dad is some sort of kingpin right right and his dad, instead of deciding to face the music... So Han decided to take the fall for the dad. Uh-huh. Went to prison. And then they fucked off to America. And then they fucked off to America. <laughs> <laughs> he was content in prison, you know, he just chilled. That is a, that is the most blunt way to say you're not the favorite kid. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, the dad is fucking selfish and self-serving yeah and it, they just fucked off yeah and han was like content knowing that oh as long as dad is looking after brother paul then it's all good if i were to have one critique i would break the fourth wall and say where did han get all of his prowess like where did he all get all of his skilled sort of combat skills he had a life before going to jail no i get that but i think because it's jet lee we just believe that he could fight like that and he could escape prison at any time no kai tells him oh i'm glad the prison didn't make you soft i'm like mate yeah what is that <laughs> kai would not survive he would be he wouldn't even be an extra on oz Nah, he's a, he's a good fighter. Kai no, Wood, he's 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 a badass. He, he's just a terrible one-liner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you can tell that they 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 both have the same sort of level of prowess. Hand sort of edging him a bit, but you can't you can't take take down Kai like that. You reckon? Yeah. There was quite a sustained fight. <laughs> Me, he fried the hands, hands. Yeah, mm? a double hand job. Oh wow! You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's the four year reference podcast, motherfuckers. Something I really enjoyed about this film is, you know, you you kind of need to um inform what the tone will be in regards to a film, just so we know if we're really going to go all the way ridiculous. And I think the the fact that they had enough substance from like a storyline point of view, I think that really kept me going because obviously there's star power. Obviously, you know, there are some great performances in this film there are a lot of fun fight sequences um i would say as well but i really like that the premise was set up that you've got a really annoying but doesn't deserve to die brother in poe because mm. what the f- you know you just have those rapscallions that like
like to call shit, right? Yeah. Especially, I guess nepotism is is the capital letter right there. Um, so, you know, it, it really set up the opportunity to have Han swoop in and I guess gain sort of vengeance. And I guess it also became a whodunit in regards to corporate restructuring. Yeah. And I think they just... At the base level, the story was, let's see how we can get Han to beat people in this situation. And work backwards. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So how could we tie this story into this? But it was fun to watch nonetheless. Yeah. Um, You know, on behalf of OT, the president of Simps Unite, I don't think they should have called it Romeo Must Die. Not in the sense that he didn't die, but in the sense that it it is implied that he's Romeo and Trish is Juliet and they never got that tender, tender, sweet, hot people kiss. Well, Romeo and Juliet never got it either. Well, they did have some racy dialogue, which I guess back then, if you adjust it for inflation, is straight up fucking... <laughs> I don't know. The title of the movie doesn't really suit the end product, I believe. Yeah, but who judges a movie by the title? I don't know. It really isn't it like the ass of the face? Wow. Is that a Tongan or a Kenyan proverb? That, that must be straight from Tonga. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, the title notwithstanding, I think just seeing Han navigate all those different situations, it was quite wild. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite fight sequence of Han? Not Anthony Anderson. Please don't say. <laughs> <laughs> I know some shit. <laughs> uh, it, it'd have to be uh, the showdown with Kai. It, it was building yeah. up to that. Everything else was chump change to Han. But I really liked, um, you know, Trish and Han, like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, who? Yeah, I saw you splushing like, ooh, let's pause. <laughs> <laughs> Noshka, upskirt of the wind, who? I prefer that than seeing uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie go about it. But again, see, I'm also a late in life Brad Pitt lover, mm. but only an inglorious bastard. Okay. I guess while we're also here to round it out, I'm also a late in life Hugh Grant lover, but only in Death to 2020 and Death to 2021. Oh, wow. So, so he didn't do anything for you in Bridget Jones. The court rests, Your Honor. <laughs> yeah, I think the standoff was very good. I think while we're also talking about the fight sequences, how did you feel about the Mortal Kombat X-ray sort of a? Di- or maybe it was before the X-raying in the Mortal Kombat games. Come and fight me, nerds. I will concede at this one point. Uh, I don't think he did it a lot. I, I know back then no, it I was found three, it and it was two effect. It was two effect. They mm. chose them very strategically. It was used three times. Agreed. They used it sparingly and to good effect. Uh, I think back then I was more impressed by it. Right now, it was all right. But it it still got the job done. It did. It like did. Goro in the OG Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> well, better than Goro in the most recent Mortal Kombat offering. Oh, they did Goro bad. Hashtag justice for Goro. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I love Aaliyah, but no offense, there's not really much to say in regards to Trish. Actually, I do have one um, kudos in regards to Trish. You know, we we cover a lot of shit, especially in regards to like the drug game, you know, the whole power cinematic universe, kin, kings of Dublin, the wire. Um, you know, we, we cover so much in regards to the drug game and also power dynamics like succession, for example. 
but there is a whole dynamic of a child morally objecting to the way that their parents like came into wealth but also continuing to suck on the teat of corporate capitalism mm-hmm. um so i kind of respected the fact that trish you know she's like nah i'm just gonna go work in this store yeah but i i i asked you this question when you brought it up why how the fuck did she own her own store did that just fall like mana from heaven um say the word female again (laughs) (laughs) no i I just want to know if you're for women for for women ownership that's all no we we also say and i'll grant you this that just because we watch a lot of shit a lot of wealthy black people in cinema have to explain their own wealth yes oh i grinded it out when i was a kid our kind of people abc yes We don't need to know the backstory. So, uh, okay, maybe Trish did some things to get her money and get the store. Well, this is this is a beautiful callback and a lovely reference tying of the bow. That's why you have white and other race because <laughs> because it, it gets too confusing and and then and the everyday viewer will be too busy trying to answer. Hang on a second, other races can fuck each other, and it's not in a seedy incognito search. Only categories in fun hub, mate. (laughs) (laughs) The true frontier of activism. Mm -hmm. Only tans if you're nasty. Wow. (laughs) Is there anything you want to say aside from nepotism buying the store about Trish? Oh, she was so good, I think. Are you sure? Did did, did a demon possess you in the last couple of minutes? Wait, because I questioned how she owned the store. All right. Well, it seems it's not just the average viewer that questions black wealth, right, OT? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you're coming hard. All I said was you can't you can't disassociate her from her father because she's young. She owns her own store. We don't know how she got to own that store. I'm assuming part of her bloody funding comes from the dad, regardless of whether or not she wants to admit it. We're going to scrap the Abacus for your reference merch and we're going to get OT Shovel approved for your reference merch. (laughs) 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 No, but it was was good seeing Aaliyah. Um, She was really good in this. Oh, and she's like such a beautiful spirit. Mm. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about Isaac. Um, I thought this was interesting and I kind of wish it was explored again. See, we were going to have a light film and I'm bringing my Katie wanky monocle right now. Um, I want to talk about Isaac and the concept of building wealth, um, which OT kind of 60 minute himself, if you're nasty. Um, but the idea of Isaac going legitimate and not just going legitimate, trying to occupy and also have a piece of the pie in a predominantly white space, NFL in this case. What were your thoughts on that? Obviously, Stringer Bell comes to mind. Yeah, true. Like to every Stringer, you have your Avon. You have someone who's like, I just want the streets. I want cash in the bank and that's it. Ghost and Tommy. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the classic, be comfortable in what you have and not wanting to push the status quo and in Isaac wanting to own it all. Yeah. He's like, mate, this 38 million that's throwing at me. It's piss money. It's piss money. Yeah. It's piss money. Once you get your, once you become the owner, 
You make 10 times that. Yeah. It's wild. And, and, and it just shows you. Azak is saying that as a sign of weakness, not wanting to 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 own the streets. I yeah. own the streets. Such a ridiculous mentality. It's it's interesting. It's it's interesting. I think it's a very tangible theme to have in regards to whether it's TV or film. Um, but if we're talking about a watching experience and not like real life shit, I don't know. Trying to go legit out of like non-legit means, it never ends well. Well, they did say it's too legit to quit. Nice. <laughs> Is that hip hop? <laughs> but no, like I understand when you're separating it from reality. But the fact is, a lot of marginalized people are in are put in a position where they can't progress, and you're left to be within your own fucking devices. Uh-huh. When you want to try and push that farther, then you get all sort of barriers. Oh, we'll just give you this money and you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. you know, you think you've made bank until you realize that. Oh, but that's because you're capping your potential. Yeah, it's like bloody musicians now. They know that. I want to own my own fucking masters. Yeah. You know, it's not just a matter of, oh, I'm going to give you a big signing fee, you know, which you have to fucking repay the bloody records anyway. Yeah. The so, tours. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's. The marketing. It, it's just being clever. And I think this is the best thing about. Hmm. Sounds like Sam Cooke in One Night in Miami, who you had a Delroy Lindell quarrel with. Hmm. Interesting. He put that against helping people now. Okay. Okay, we I'm need to, just anyway. This is going to turn into the one night in Miami. I just wanted to poke the OT bear because I know that definitely gets him heated. Because uh, <laughs> I, I felt I felt the rage meter. Um, I felt the OT saying about to levitate, um, and I needed to stop it. But I do think it's an interesting discussion in regards to going legitimate. But it's also the game is rigged, especially for black people. So like the fact that Isaac thought he could I don't necessarily because to be perfectly honest like you know shout outs to Adam McKay in this particular instance and also um um and John C. Riley. you know like NBA wasn't necessarily what it is today and it probably wasn't even intended to be a sport for the every man right mm. it was very predominantly white and then you would have players that that are more closer to their golfing age um still in the NBA and they probably didn't even intend for it to be that way and i guess what i mean is those in power are probably just going to continue to stay in power you know true true you know the the golf clubs were left alone until the tiger came along Mm -hmm. um so i i really enjoyed that i wish they had explored it more in the film i think it would have given a bit more to chew on even though i like the the etchings of a storyline were absolutely there and i do think it was sufficient for what was delivered in the film but it was more compelling and the more i talk about it the more i'm getting annoyed and it's like you were capable of this like you were capable of bringing extra dimension and you're just going to tack it on at the end. Um, I love how very on brand um, Mac, I think he called it Machiavellian incorporated. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that moment. Let's talk about that moment at the end of the film where essentially Mac is usurping Isaac because he saw this coming. Yeah. So Mac is of the mind that they're not going to give you what you want. Yeah. They're bloody up there laughing at you. Yeah. So he, he thought it as a moment 
to take it up <laughs> into his own hands and yes. just d- completely sort of do a coup. Yeah. Uh, I don't agree with his fucking methods. They were very Mach- Machiavellian, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sort of wild that for both families, they thought, each other were trying to bring themselves down but nah man it was all within it was all in house it was in the rooster coop yeah go and check out our the white tiger episode Mm. um i really enjoyed that that was a very good layer but if we're talking about i'm not even talking about like toxic masculinity i'm just talking about respectability in regards to leadership i respected mac more than i respected isaac at least near the end of the film in the sense that he he needed to mobilize and he needed to stabilize because they were losing power, right? Because half was was them on the waterfront. And then also friends and lovers, feel free um, to tell me to do the work or also to educate me. But it was set in Hong Kong, but they kept referring to China. So I don't know if it was just a lazy shorthand in regards to the writing. Um, but I guess for the sake of Katie shorthand, I'll, I'll just call it the Singh family. Um, so so, so it was a half-half sort of split in power. And it, it was interesting because even Kai mentioned it to Han that, you know, it was bound to happen. This war was bound to happen when in all reality, there was no conflict of war in that particular sense. Yeah. And the fact that Singh actually ordered his son Poe to be killed and then pretended as if, ooh, I'm angry. You killed my kid. I'm going to come for you. And then shit goes down with um isaac's family and yeah. mark is like oh they're retaliating wow i don't know it feels very biblical it feels very succession like you being so strong and powerful and having a fucking useless kid that embarrasses you true i'm not saying to the level of assassination but it's <laughs> like you know with the first pancake connor roy and all we've mentioned succession go and fucking watch succession go and listen to our episode um but it was very interesting because yeah there was a lot of cloak and dagger shit um that was going on in the guise of external forces trying to tear them down from the outside yeah man if you have a two ic that that person like he's the one person that you should fucking be paranoid about but we've mentioned that many times and the caveat is the ambitious two ic Mm -hmm. those are the ones you need to be worried about those that watch the ridiculous pose of the world continue to roll around in their filth and fortune and not have to work for it yeah and I guess you could say the same thing with Mac as well. True, true. But I, I respected Isaac because he saw the bigger picture. No, but he was trying to embed himself in a predominantly, decidedly, deliberately white space. Why yeah, would they make up space for him? Because he had everything. Everything was in play for him to take up. Whatever properties, they could not build a stadium without him. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the day. Oh, OT day, hey? Yeah. But he saw an opportunity to embed himself. Otherwise, there was never going to be an opportunity like that again. Yes, it was very Tyrion Lannister. No one talks about Game of Thrones anymore, friends and lovers. Uh, side note, are you excited for the new Game of Thrones coming out? Fuck that shit. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, nah, it, it is what it is at but this it was point. A, it was a very smart, and that's why, because we love Peter Dinklage um, and we love Tyrion's character. So it was a very Tyrion move. Like you said, it was it was a cataclysmic, once-in-a-lifetime, one-in-50-year event um, sort of, you know, manoeuvre. But you also need to take into account where he was trying to activate that play. Mm. And maybe maybe that's the Mac in me. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, you're definitely the even in this household. Um, the Mac. Stringer? Whoa, mm. that's sad for you then. <laughs> <laughs> you can continue living, but not living behind bars, knowing that you're never going to get up there. Without spoiling anything, people talk about Sean Bean. How about Idris Elba dying in roles? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to mention what I'm referencing, but three of them we've covered on the podcast succinctly. I don't know. There's a respectability about Mac to me. Um, you know, I'm not going to go into particular detail, but those that can read between the lines, the means in which those that continue to benefit in regards to the NFL was done through violent means. Therefore, even though Isaac is, is, is dotting the I's and crossing the T's, and he's doing it in a cordial way, you can't gain power that was gained violently through cordial means. That's what I'm saying, sir. Hey, you'll never own anything then. Does anyone truly own anything <laughs> in this fucking Bezos dickship world? Come on now. I think you've listened to a bit too much Dido. Eh? We're not renting everything, mate. Okay, OT Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be on Isaac's side of this, otherwise. You're, what's but the you're point? praising him in isolation. You're not praising him specifically in this situation because he it's it's a no. It's not. It's a lose lose for him. It's a, what? Do, what is he losing by being part of the owner? What is he losing exactly? Yeah, but also there are many there are many parts of chess, my loose friend. What L- is an owner? L U C E. Shout out to Kelvin Harrison Jr. Go and listen to our loose episode friends and lovers but what i'm saying is he should have considered all angles yes it would have been great for him to be embedded in the nfl but again we talked about the ambitious 2ic who was mac he left that gap and mac ran it straight to him you're ridiculous you are ridiculous i think isaiah washington is as 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 the person is clouding your judgment on who mac (laughs) is the character Hey man, hey man, I'm just saying there are reasons why I win Settlers of Catan against you many times. You've won once, mate. <laughs> you know, years of playing once, it does not equate to many. But also I will reference the Harder They Fall episode because you're here, you're, you're Issa Rae all for black people, but you don't realize that there are layers within the black community and some want to see you fail. Don't you remember when Mac was talking? We'll get to that later after we... <laughs> We've dealt with external forces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very nice. OT in the metaverse, if you're nasty. Mm. Um, but when Mac was talking to one of the fellas um, th- that was a-, a crab fisherman, I guess you would call him, or a crabberman. Wow. I think that's what OT's subreddit is called, right? <laughs> in the simp section. Um, no, but like he was talking about, you know, the crabs. You know, whenever one of them is almost out of the bucket, they pull him back down. Right. But in this case, he's doing the pulling back down. That guy owned his property. He was making his own money. He was paying for his, you know, he had a business. He's an entrepreneur. He come as I Washington just for his fucking self-interest. 
trying to pull him down and being like, oh, I'm going to shoot you. You're going to be with these crabs. No, man. Crabs to the face, man. This is, and this is why I had an issue with you praising Bailey so much because- Oh, hey, whoa, whoa. No, in there, we had a character portraying and pretending as if they're for, he, he's for the people. Otto. And he was not. Just like Mark isn't for the black people. He's not. He's, he's, he's for himself. At the end of the day. I, I can't say I'm surprised that we got Hotep OT on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your tribe of Israel? <laughs> I can't say I'm surprised, friends and lovers. You know, even if there's just one black person in a film, OT will find a way to make it about that character. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Wow. I think we really need to, to to drill down into why you say that a bit later, because what I'm speaking now is pure facts. <laughs> okay, Fox News. <laughs> Just announcing. Well, you acknowledged earlier that the OG of this film is Han. Yeah. But now you're making it all. You took us down this path. No, because you keep wanting to besmirch all of the films and belly, for example. You're not coming for my belly today, tomorrow, forever, sir. You are not doing it, and this is the wrong type of hype. <laughs> Let's talk about Colin, even though I always remember him as Melvin in The Temptations. As Gwen Palmer in 24. Also in Pearson. Mm-hmm. Lay some love and splooshes to D.B. Woodside, friends and lovers. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Colin's character? He wasn't as spoiled as Paul. I think he had a better grasp on bloody reality, on what he wanted to do with his life, on what he wanted to do business-wise. And I think the promise that Isaac had for Colin was quite clear, especially- His hands would be clean, essentially. Yeah, Yeah, he he wanted to run it legit. He wanted to, you know, even when just before they died- just talking about all the plans that they had and how they're gonna how they're gonna build this empire. Mm. A very considered response, OT. However, I would say Colin wasn't really given a chance in regards to getting to know who his character was. Agreed. And I think because Poe was so fucking useless, even Colin doing the bare minimum makes him seem like a great son. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Um, I think it was. I think it was nice for Isaac to have dreams for Colin, but like, unfucking fortunately, like, I don't think that ever would have come into fruition. And you know, something that I really enjoyed about this film is we didn't have the mustache twirling white man in Roth being the big bad. Mm. I really like how inadvertently, maybe deliberately, this kind of became a self reflection of you and your own. Yeah, I really enjoyed it and they, even the even like the power play um that was definitely leveraged by kai and mac you know this is absolutely you know an intelligent film it's also hip-hop mm-hmm. we didn't really get to talk about dmx um but again go and listen to our belly episode you know for someone that's very pro-black ot you, <laughs> you always find a way to open your mouth and talk about belly in a bad way <laughs> I loved Belly. Okay. I loved the last 10 minutes. <laughs> and the opening scene, which which I continue to sustain, is one of the best opening sequences in cinema ever. Yeah, but DMX is like, um, he, he's the beginning and the end of this. But we did have him in the opening of this film. Yeah. Um, his introduction into the film was talking about, you know, guns don't kill people, people kill people. And um, unfucking fortunately, that's still uh, a poignant, um, you know, sort of, 
of resonance to make currently in America. Um, you know, love and splooshes to all of our friends and lovers that live in America. Um, I guess it's a cultural thing. I will never really understand the whole gun thing. Um, but also at the end of this film, like it got ridiculous. Everyone had a gun, even to the point where it wasn't even a fucking like briefcase. It was a fucking gun that was housed in a case, I suppose. <laughs> and they like they it got all Scarface up in that bitch. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I forgot this was America. Like, yep. <laughs> like all of the guns. Did you think there. I had papers in my briefcase like a lab? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I guess it's like we're so fucking digital now, but he was really fighting for those papers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I just really, I really loved that DMX was in the film. Um, obviously, you know, every dog needs a bitch or every OT needs a KT bitch. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up, my love? Shout out to Grace Spark. Oh, Ooh. do you mean the credited Asian dancer, but not Jennifer Wong because she's also credited as Asian dancer? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Let me find out you have a Grace Park section in your Crabberman subreddit. Doesn't everyone? <laughs> <laughs> Stop telling us about your web searches, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, friends and lovers, for joining us on a nasty and very OT um, episode in the For Your Reference podcast. We're going to finish off in a segment we call For Your Reference OT. I'm going to reference Queen of the Damned. Nice. That's something else I need to add to my list. Mm -hmm. Um, I will continue to add this to my list. Mm -hmm. Belly. Wow. Motherfucker. Uh, OT's favorite rapper, second to J. Cole. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Um, if you'd like um, to join an OT hosted J. Cole listening party on Twitter and Instagram, we're at For Your F Pod. Write us an email at hello at fourpodcast.com. We're also on Jet Lee is Always Welcome in My Bosoms podcast if you'd like to leave a rating and review. And we'll see you guys next week. See ya. Bye.